0: Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens squeaked out a victory, 23-20. to 20. The guy in front of us kept yelling six and a half, six and a half. He seemed much more somber at the end of the game, despite the win at the very end. In dramatic fashion, the only way the Ravens know how to win this year.
1: <laughs> and to recap it with us, we got Peter and Chris, as always. How you guys doing? I'm doing good, except I'm realizing now that you guys missed... Uh, you know, an opportunity to share our show with this guy because if he had watched our pick show, he would have seen that the guy who had picked nine games correctly the previous week had said that the <laughs> the Ravens would not be able to to cover that spread, and he wouldn't, uh, you know, he would have been,
2: made the opposite pick, so. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. That guy was in no mood to, to do any picks <laughs> <laughs> by the yeah. end of the game. <laughs> man, that guy was, yeah, that, that, uh, that guy in that section was interesting. Maybe had a little bit too much to drink. Uh, control your intake kids uh for anybody who is listening <laughs> keep it cool but uh but yeah man you know what like I'm I, I was I'll fully admit I was I was a downer I was a downer after the Giants game that was a big just setback in my opinion um just from what I ex- had expected um I know the Giants are playing well but just you know, that really kind of left the sour taste in my mouth. I'm not, you know what? I'm not really feeling that after this game. And I don't know exactly why. Um, you know, because it seems like a lot of people are all over Ravens' Twitter this week of just offense is terrible, blow it up. I don't know if it was because of the 2012 Ravens bringing everybody back. Everybody was just like, this is the week to fire Greg Roman and bring <laughs> up T. Martin to do play calling duties. I, uh, I don't I don't fully understand that aspect of it but um yeah I mean it was a little bit of a tough game it was a little bit worrying at the end but um I don't know it's just it was uh it was great to finally just see like a win that was pulled out you know it I feel like it uh
1: it was a good step forward everyone always forgets that like the firing of the offensive coordinator midseason only worked once we did it at least twice <laughs> after that. Like in 2013 and then uh we fired Mornie Wag for for Roman, right? In 2018?
2: No, I think that was a natural it was um uh who's the guy before that? Uh not not Martin Trestman? uh Trestman, yeah. We, Trestman we fired was fired Tr- for
1: Morningweg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it's like, I'm not saying that it wouldn't work, but it's also just like, you know, when, whenever we're talking about, hey, remember when in 2012 we fired Cam Cameron and the Ra- led to the Ravens getting to the Super Bowl? Let's, rem- let's also acknowledge the times we did it and everything just kind of, you know, there was just a marginal increase in <laughs> in effect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I mean, you know, it. it was an interesting game. It was... An AFC North football game—that's for sure. Um, honestly, I didn't really. It didn't really change my opinion of this team one way or the other. Is my quick takeaway. Uh, I know that we were going into this game and we said, "Look, the Browns are beat up defensively. There is a bunch of mismatches here the Ravens can take advantage of." It was really disappointing seeing the Ravens really unable to take uh, advantage of that matchup there with the tight end. Really much of all. During the game, especially on national tight end day. Like, come on, guys. Mark Andrews does everything for this team. You're not even going to let him have a catch on national tight end game. That was just disrespectful. um You know, <laughs> if anything, Greg Roman should be fired for that. But, <laughs> um, you know, the Browns play us tough. That's division football. There have been times, of course, where we've blown him out big. But honestly, Over the past decade and a half, more often than not, these matchups have been close, even in years when the Browns, uh, quite frankly, haven't been that great. So, you know, there's when we get into the nuts and bolts of what happened in this game, yes, there's some things that are concerning that we want this team to clean up and we think they're going to need to clean up in order to make a deep playoff run. But for myself, just looking at this game in a vacuum and and what the final score ended up being and how it came about. I'm not too concerned about it because it was a divisional game. That said, of course, like everyone else, I do see what went wrong and I do see, you know, some of this stuff continues to be a trend and we're going to talk about that and and it, it needs to be cleaned up going forward. But, um, yeah, so.
0: feels like we want to talk about the offense first. That's the vibe I'm getting. We were discussing that before <laughs> the show of what we wanted to talk about first. And I think we should just – get into the offense because i think that's where most of the fan base uh concern is or just like unsure about how to feel about this game i feel different than both of you i think i feel bad about this game this game i I still feel like we should have beat up on them i think we should have been able to get up and win by more uh than we did we should have scored more and i recognize that overall the offense was about the same as it's always been this year but that's just not good enough and this is not the kind of offense that will win us football games in in january and february and i think at the end of the day that's all we kind of care about you know (laughs) wins are obviously important in the regular season to get to january and february games but i don't want to just get there and get knocked out in a round or two it's like you know you want to be like ready for you want to feel like you have a chance going in and we're still not seeing that, and I think the biggest reason why is that Lamar Jackson in 16 dropbacks, I mean, it was a little bit more than that, because sometimes he scrambled, but three sacks, four hits, um, he was getting pressured the whole game, it felt like, and it looked like they were really unable to get into a rhythm, and the few times that he wasn't getting pressured, they actually had you know pretty successful chunk plays, maybe to Duvernay, maybe to Bateman, um, or at least like he was able to find more time for himself, but yeah it's it that was the, I think the the worst part is this pass protection which actually had been really solid this year fell flat against the whole front and as we said in the notes not just uh Garrett and Cloudy
1: that was the most disappointing part of this game um the number one thing that you heard uh Cleveland Browns fans talk about going into this game was just how abysmal their front their front seven's been this year um obviously you have Garrett there but he's playing hurt he's not 100% and now Clowney did play this game. That wasn't the case the previous week, but still, we know Jadavion Clowney is not in his prime anymore. We know the injuries have robbed him of some of the the elite skills that he had coming into this league. And you know, the the guys that other guys on that line have been underperforming this year, and yet you wouldn't have known it from watching this game. Uh, there are plenty of pressures, and you know. It, it wasn't just the offensive line, though. There were some times where there was some. There was at least one coverage sack, and then there was another time that that should have been another coverage sack. That was the play that Jackson was able to escape from that the Cleveland Browns confusingly challenged because you know it still would have been a punt either way, just a difference of like eight so yards bad. or something. That was that was a really confusing call there. But um, yeah, and it, the concerning thing with it in regards to Lamar is we had we were having these same discussions last season before he went down, that he was, from the perspective of the fan base, holding the ball too long in too many uh, situations, seemingly to wait for a, a big play to develop rather than, than taking what the defense gives you. And, so, I mean, to, to really break that down, I think we'd have to watch more film than we came in here with. You know, how much of it's the play calling? How much of it is... Lamar's decision making there how much of it is the coverage by the Browns and honestly all three of those things kind of meshed together to tell the whole picture there so yeah the the passing game was disappointing this game certainly and the protection left a lot to be desired when you face Miles Garrett that's going to happen but the rest of the guys should not have had as good of a of games as they did uh, for the Cleveland's defensive line on Sunday.
2: Yeah, over the last couple weeks, it's definitely been a regression. I think in terms of pass protection, especially this game. Yeah, you know there were a a number of plays that I can remember of Cleveland defenders pushing back the pocket pretty severely. It wasn't like Lamar could step up in the pocket to be able to make a throw. They were collapsing it pretty good, pretty much on all sides, and um, had a good rush plan keep them in there and be able to get those sacks. So I do think, you know, overall Cleveland did a really good job of just planning for that. So, you know, which did hurt quite a bit, you know, well, I think they definitely got to find something, clean something, clean some of this stuff up during the buy. You know, they really got to find ways to get these receivers a little bit more involved because yeah, just, you know, seeing Lamar just kind of stand back there for a few seconds waiting for things to open it's you know something we don't really just want to see. Like we know we can get it out of the ball quickly. We know we can get into players' hands and and make them make plays. um Duvernay continues to make plays. Bateman had some good plays. His first game back in a couple of weeks. Uh, made some guys miss. Uh, we got to find more opportunities like that and just you know get them into their hands and and let guys uh you know avoid tackles and and, and get some yak. Um, you know we know we, we've got the players to do it. Just some things aren't really going right. And well, yeah, Lamar's stats this game were not great at all. Um, I think he did some good things. I think he also, you know, he has has some areas to improve too. It's it, it's not just him. I think he is missing some reads and um, maybe just not seeing some guys. But uh, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, like look, it was good enough to win. Um, still looking for a little bit more improvement in the red zone. But you know, I think we should probably talk about it too. We should talk about Gus Edwards because man, he had a great first game back. Uh, we haven't seen him in quite some time, but he looked fantastic. And you know what, guys? I, I think he he really is like the missing weapon in the red zone that I think is going to pay more dividends next couple of weeks.
1: Oh, for sure. And we even talked about it in the uh, the episode previewing this game. We looked at the interior of this Browns defense, and we knew that the Ravens would be able to have some opportunities there. We just didn't know who it was going to be, was it going to be Hill? Was it going to be Gus? Was it going to be Drake? Heck, I even threw out there, you know, we know Mike Davis has done nothing this year, but we brought him in to be that, you know, that between the the tackles uh, down the middle, hard-nosed runner. And, you know, he's been inefficient, to put it mildly, (laughs) this year, but, you know, maybe in a plus matchup, you know, maybe he would have done something. But thankfully, we didn't need to put that to the test because, Ravens got their bruiser back in in Gus it's unfortunate that uh Dobbins went down we weren't able to see the two of them paired uh, because when they're paired together there's there's very few running back tandems that are better in this league than those two but uh Gus came back and and he's just his his old usual efficient self um interesting stat that I f- think I forgot to bring up in the preview uh Nick Chubb and Gus Edwards the only running backs in NFL history to begin their seasons averaging at least five yards per carry in each of their first three seasons. And then both of them have, uh, I mean, Chubb has been in the league a little longer than Gus and he's averaged at least five yards per carry every season. So um, that's again, just showing you how good uh, this guy is just from an underrated standpoint. Sure. I think he's becoming a little less underrated. I, I did see multiple outlets comment when the Ravens activated him that there was uh, that he could be a, a boon for this offense and bring some light. And that's that's what he did. Uh, and what was surprising to me was just how many carries they gave him. And, of course, we're all holding our breath there because we've seen what's happened to Dobbins. We saw what happened to Stanley last year. Gus looks good. He looks explosive. But we're just like, we can't have any more injuries. So I think we're all uh, we're excited about it, but we're all kind of tempering our expectations too because of just the Uh, The luck that the Ravens have had this year, but yeah, having Gus is huge. Um, We got Justice Hill was back too. They had a good pairing. Great to see Gus back, and hopefully he can stay healthy uh, because he is critical for this offense, like you guys said.
0: You know, this week we actually had an experience of taking our car back to the mechanic. We had some unexpected issues with it, and you know, you get it back, and you're like, I don't know if I trust you as much. But that's not how we feel after the Gus bus went to the mechanic. He came back, and you're like, looking good. Looks like a good (laughs) (laughs) tune-up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing but good things to say about Gus Edwards. I loved hearing how in the post-game presser, you know, he just kept talking about how blessed he was to be able to come back and play and help his team out. And you can just see the enthusiasm that he had on the field. And the crowd gave him a great reaction every time he touched the ball That first touchdown, you know, I think was a really cool moment, untouched. And then the second touchdown he had, uh, another great moment, hard fought. And like you said, you know, you just see him get in there and fall forward. His incredibly unique ability (laughs) of just always falling forward, always getting something out of the run play. And that's what he really brings, you know. I think a lot of the game he was able to get similar, I guess, yardage before contact maybe and then that after contact is really where it got interesting and I just I'm very enthusiastic about his return and it makes you feel a lot more comfortable with Dobbins out for four weeks you know as long as everybody stays healthy that this running game is going to be able to keep it together
2: yeah for sure him and Drake uh you know great combo um (laughs) way better than anybody that we had on the roster last year Um, even Drake alone I think would probably would been good enough but uh but yeah it's certainly a big help I I just love the first I think it was the first play that Gus had or first series right had three run plays by Gus every single time Uh, the first one I think was a a four or five yard and as soon as I saw that I was like yes I know Gus is back because he got at least four yards was always what he's known for to be able to get those His first couple years uh, before you know he truly became that sort of explosive back but uh it it was good to see that back I thought another thing that was kind of cool about the offense, um, although that you know it might be a little bit controversial for some of the listeners out here, you know, from what we kind of said at the top, is uh, I feel like we saw some more vault plays this game, man. You know, were they like amazing? Maybe not. I don't know. They're just like, but uh, Greg Roman whipped a few of them out. I mean, you had the direct snap to Andrews, pitched it to Lamar, Lamar picked up the first down. That was the play that basically sealed the game. You had a carry by Andrews. He didn't have a catch, but he had a carry um i'm still i would like to petition sleeper to you know uh increase the point values for tight ends when they have uh running back carries, but, <laughs> but yeah you know he had seen things like that before i thought it was they were nifty they gave a little bit of confusion for the browns and obviously ended up being positive plays we wish they were touchdowns but but yeah they're there a handful of men there i don't know he's uh, greg is uh he's opening the vault slowly i think it's happening There's so many questions you could ask about
0: the Mark Andrews performance. You could ask, uh, was the injury a problem? Were they saving him for next week's game on Thursday? Are they just a good scheme? And that's what happened. Um, I guess the good news is there were a couple plays that don't show up in the stat sheet that he contributed to. uh, The penalty against him uh, that he drew. And, uh, you know, obviously his elite blocking and pitching abilities <laughs> on fourth down. Um they've all contributed, but speaking of that fourth down, man, two fourth down conversions out of two attempts. I think uh Talk Radios in Shambles, they don't know what to do with themselves <laughs> and uh <laughs> I guess we'll have to just wait for the next failure to you know fire everybody.
1: Oh man. Well, you know, it's 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 always whatever works is the right call, right? <laughs> and if <laughs> when it doesn't work, it wasn't the right call. I think Regardless of of what the intricacies are of of a fan base's uh, opinions on it, the 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 loudest binaries are going to be the ones that are that are going to take the forefront. But yeah, you you have to give credit to the coaching staff there on those calls. I think it was very necessary uh, for the Ravens to uh, attempt that fourth down run on on a play that man that it really should have been a touchdown. It's unfortunate that Bateman. Um, didn't have a slightly better read of where he was on the field because uh, that would have been an easy six for him but um, great blocking by the Ravens offensive line on that play like we said Gus was just completely untouched on that second touchdown just as his first and I, I do think we need to give a ton of credit to to Greg Roman for what the Ravens were able to do on that fourth down call that was incredibly creative and something I haven't voiced my opinion yet on the podcast yet, but it's something that I was noticing was I thought that when we first introduced the, the Mark Andrews uh, QB package for lack of a better term, you know, kind of like a a 1920s QB where, you know, they're not going to throw the football. (laughs) Uh, We we introduced that against Miami and obviously we were able to get some short yardage out of that because it was unexpected. And I thought that was, you know, we weren't going to see that very often but it's it's been coming up in almost every game since, and and to me, I, I was I've been thinking to myself like I, I think we're overusing it. Like it, it's worked because it was surprising. You know, defense wasn't expecting that. But Roman found some keeps finding some new wrinkles with that package, and you really had to like what you, what happened there. I mean, you got him on fourth down. Andrews does the hard count. And the Browns, you kind of lull them to sleep there because they think you're trying to draw them offside. And then, you know, the, the offense steps back, resets, and then they run it for real. And you've got uh, a great block there by the line. Justice Hill coming around the end, got uh, help clear the lane for Lamar. I, that was a gutsy call. That was a gutsy call. If that had not worked, I don't know if the game would have uh, ended the same way that it had with the Ravens winning it. Um it was still early in the fourth quarter, I believe, when that play was. So it's not like the Ravens wouldn't have had a chance to get the ball back. But uh, it was still at midfield, so you would have given the Browns reasonable field position for an offense that was um, able to get good field position a couple times during the game, but still you know, not explosive to where they could do that at will. So that was a great call. And we know that I, very few people are complaining about Greg Roman for – uh, his run game we know that he's a mastermind at creating uh, scheming for running running lanes uh, and really being one of the, the most creative minds in the NFL currently in that phase of the game so uh, not too much of a surprise but I was surprised that they're still finding more wrinkles for that package and it'll be interesting to see how much more run the Ravens can get out of it before the league is just like all right well you know we know it's coming and we know all your options here
2: Telling you, man, Mark Andrews pitched to Duvernay, jet sweep. It's <laughs> gonna happen. It's gonna happen. That's good. it's gonna be the next one. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if Andrews was a QB or has any experience in that. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm I waiting. Think, for, uh, I think a forward yeah. pass is coming.
1: I'm waiting for him him to to play action to Lamar as as the running back, and then Lamar does a wheel route. And Andrews hits him on the back shoulder. That's that's what I want to see. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that does seem like a wet dream fantasy.
0: But I will say uh, the the play I'm expecting actually is a similar under center snap to him, pitch to Lamar. But then if Lamar is able to uh, find a receiver downfield and throw it, I think that could be a.
1: That too, that a, a little uh, a improvised
2: flea flicker. Yeah.
1: Look, man, I'm all I'm all for Roman finding enough iterations for this thing to, to <laughs> hold defenses off all season. I'm 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 questioning how how well it'll work long term, but I'm I'm all for it if he's able to figure it out. Thank you. That's the problem with the vault. The vault, like <laughs> I love the vault. It's great when the vault works,
0: but like if you can't you can't rely on gimmicks forever. Like I mean, maybe you can. I guess KC's been doing it for a while, but. <laughs> I just lack the confidence in the gimmicks to take care of business the whole season. I want to see just... I don't know, man. It'd be cool if just
1: conventional offense worked every once in a while. (laughs) Well, you know, the the worst fear you have with all this is it does work throughout the regular season, and then when it fails is in the playoffs in a key situation. That's that's the worst-case scenario. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and I think it's just... I think it was the pass game and effectiveness
0: overall that was really scary. Not so much the running game, right? You, I think that's the that's the overall takeaway. And the, and the pressure Lamar had, the lack of rhythm he had all game, that's what's most concerning. Because I remember for a while, I was like, man, he's holding the ball like you were saying earlier, forever. And it just didn't seem like we were getting any quick passes out and anything to neutralize. I think that's my big thing. I'm going to have to do a closer rewatch to like say this for sure. But my inclination is we weren't doing enough to get their pass rush hesitating off schedule whatsoever. They were just coming after us and it was working. <laughs> you know, there was no, no change ups, no slow, nothing to slay, uh, nothing to slow them down. So we'll have to see improvement there. And I don't know. I saw some people on Twitter saying that there should be a new play caller and they should, you know, switch it over to maybe a T Mart or something. And I I don't know, man. I wouldn't hate it. If I heard that, I wouldn't be upset. But I'm also I don't know where I stand. I feel like like you said, Peter, what's the success rate on that realistically?
2: <laughs> it's just
0: it's just tough. No one likes it. It's just tough.
2: I think at the very least, I mean you gotta wait until the buy, I think. Um I mean there is still time to get this together as much as you know sometimes it kind of sucks but I mean the same offense put up how many points uh 30 40 something whatever the, I don't remember the score of the Miami game they put up over 40 points in Miami game so like clearly they can score they can score a lot um they can have a lot of success with things but but yeah we're in this weird stretch where you know we're scoring like a decent bit of points but just feel like we can score more. We um, scored
0: less than expected though this game because I think yeah. they gave up twenty six points a game and we got twenty three, which is right less. Yeah. You know, and that, I think yeah. that's what hurt is like our offense yeah. is better than the average offense we think, so we should score more points. And yeah, yeah it and to be frank, how many of those points came off gimmies? A lot. Like a lot of the points came off of turnovers
2: and short fields. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had that long drive at the end, which basically would have won the game, but then um, we had the fumble, um, you know, which led to the Browns being able to to come back and and try to make that field goal, which fortunately they missed. But, yeah, I mean, that could have been a turning point of the game, but um, it also could have been a situation where the Ravens end up winning 30-20. You know, that looks a lot better on paper than uh, 23-20. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of like good things in like an isolation that I think are doing well. And I think there are signs that like things could be getting better. Um, you know, it's just it, it is taking it is taking longer for the offense to be able to make those turnarounds. Unlike the defense, I do think we should probably move to them soon. I think the defense overall is starting to look a lot better than they were the first couple of weeks just in terms of growth in the areas that they weren't good at. Uh, in the first couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think that the defense has continued to improve uh, from the beginning of the season. Um, just one quick thing to go on the offense before we move on. It's it's incredible. We're, we're um, understandably saying, oh, man, we want this offense to score more points. Uh, they're six in the league in points per game, <laughs> believe it or not. Some of that is front-loaded, of course, from, from uh, weeks two and three, but still. But, yeah, I mean, defensively there's a lot of things they did well in this game uh the pass rush sure you were doing it against one of the least mobile and quarterbacks in the league who has one of the slowest windups in the league but they got to him uh against a, a very good offensive line you limited Nick Chubb. he didn't stop him but you limited him he, he could have like the 91 and and a touchdown game he had is, is a pedestrian game for him we, we know that he's capable of of having monster games he's he's a modern day Jamal Lewis really and also just I mean the fact that they they didn't give up a touchdown on the last drive and sure the Cooper technically got in the end zone but that was that was very clearly a, an offensive pass interference Cooper doesn't push off the Browns don't complete that pass so I'm not I'm not uh faulting Peters on that at all so I mean there are some things to nitpick about this game, and, and I'll certainly get into that, but I do do think that the performance overall necessitates us propping up the defense for what they did well this game, and uh, there was a lot to like, and yeah, I, I agree with you. The arrow on this group is definitely trending up, even in face of some of the injuries that they've had.
2: Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, kind of where they've really improved, I mean, I think Harbs talk about it, Maybe for this game and one of his pressers, but uh, pass defense continues to do really, really well. Um, I think there was probably like, I'd say maybe one or two gaffes this game, which are just like a little unfortunate, but just mental mistakes. I, I put part of that maybe of just, you know, Geno Stone being one of his newer, one of his first games. Maybe they're just not on the same page as like, you know, Marlow and, and Marcus Williams or something. Um, that one big pass to uh, Amari Cooper down the sideline, which just one of those um you know it's you know we have seen that before but you know the first 6 weeks or so they really don't happen that often i'm not worried about that uh long term but but yeah in terms of like passing yards per game i think like the last 3 or 4 games i think the ravens have looked really good um even against the bills i think they they've held uh, josh allen to uh the least amount of passing yards um that he's had this season so um yeah, that certainly looks really good. Like you said, Peter, I think pass rush is continuing to get better and better. Uh, one of the things I really liked, um, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, to Mike McDonald. I think is um, I, I really liked his blitz calls this game. Um, you mentioned earlier of just yeah, Jacoby Brissett not being the most mobile quarterback. Um, he can get out of the pocket, but um, you know he's not that quick or agile like lamar or josh allen to to really kind of make too many guys miss and i, I want to there's a play this game that i thought it just to me kind of really made a lot of sense in terms of just uh game plan execution and play calling and i think it was the first or the second sack it was um hamilton sack i just thought that was a really excellent play call um it was actually that one there was that one and another one actually i thought were both very good but Um, One of just disguising blitzes and bringing guys that you wouldn't expect. So on the Hamilton blitz, they brought, I think it was like Hamilton, Stone, Queen, Queen, and then they dropped back OA and Campbell, I think. Um, And they ended up overloading the right side. And, um, you know, back to with, you know, Brissett's mobility, right? You had Gino kind of get a hand on him first. He got a little rattled, tried to jump out, and then Hamilton and Queen were able to to wrap up and actually do that. So you kind of like layering the blitzes, right? Gets one guy to hit him, move him off the spot. He's not mobile enough to be able to go around. And so get another guy to hit him and be able to do that. Um, the other play later, um, later in the game, I think it was Queen sack, I believe, same same similar concept right but instead of bringing guys from the safety position it was actually a double inside linebacker blitz you had binds come in first be able to get a hand on him, um and then uh i think queen came in second basically and was able to wrap up but it, it wasn't like both of them blitzing at once you sub one okay next one see a gap all right i'm gonna go blitz um you know, I really, I just, I really like that. Just from a overall concept, it really kind of fit the idea of like, okay, this is the type of quarterback we're playing. These are the types of blitzes that you can have success with because you know the quarterback doesn't have enough mobility to be able to get out of one. So you think by sending the extra guy, you're probably likely going to get it as long as the first guy hits or tr- distracts him enough so that he's not looking downfield to be able to make a throw. So you know, shout out to Mike McDonald, man. I, I thought it was a really great. Great thing to see in terms of blitzes. You know, we've seen some of that stuff from Wink, but I do think that he has kind of a little bit of his own flavor, you know. Um, yeah, for with Wink, I think you would just see 11 guys crowding the line of scrimmage, and some people are dropping, some people are going, but it was almost like a, they're either going to blitz right away or or, or not, you know. Um, I really like what I saw from McDonald, and I thought it was uh, really cool.
0: Yeah, this was a really interesting game for the pass rush, the tackles for loss and uh, the turnover department so you had four tackles for loss three of which were by Patrick Queen and two of them were back-to-back plays by Patrick Queen that were absolutely incredible right by their goal line you know almost a
1: safety on that second one I
0: know almost a safety Patrick Queen had the sack that you just mentioned Chris Clayus Campbell had a sack Justin Houston what a guy comes back from his groin injury two sacks and uh (laughs) it was in 16 snaps that's incredible effectiveness (laughs) And then, yeah, man, like, just they—they they seem to be getting after the quarterback, getting them rattled. There were four fumbles, I think, generated this game, two of which that kind of, or one of which that kind of really mattered, where we recovered it by Oway. He—he recovered it. Clayus Campbell, I believe, was the one who calls that one correct. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, the Houston one wasn't able to get gathered. But, uh, and the Gino Stone one just ended the game, which was great. But, uh, yeah, like, I just, you love that, man. Like, the turnover was obviously key, but also just the getting the ball on the ground is huge. And eventually, you know, those, those fall your way. So, I, I liked that a lot. Yeah, I misspoke. It was only uh, three forced by us, three fumbles forced by us. But still, like, you know, that's just, that's the kind of opportunistic play we need out of this defense. We need those sacks to get them out of field goal range or make the field goals longer we need the tackles for loss to derail a drive and obviously turnovers will do that too so that's i think we're seeing like we talked about at the beginning of the season this sort of new look defense it, it, it burns it stings these long pass plays or this it seems like for one drive a game they just decide that they're they're sick and tired of <laughs> tackling the running back like it just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play or they're just getting gashed everywhere and you're like man this defense is totally hopeless it seems like they always have one or two of those game and that's never good because if they look hopeless they're giving up a touchdown if they're giving up a touchdown you know there's only so many of those you can give up a game obviously and it just i think that's what i think that's honestly why their points against is probably as high as it is it's just one or two drives a game where they just look completely defeated
1: yeah. And that's really the last thing we're looking for from this defense, right? Is, is that consistency? Um, I, I look at, at this performance and the one reason that I'm not, that I kind of look at this performance, basically as I look at, at how the offense performed this game is, you know, Al here saying, you think that that the way the Ravens played offense today isn't going to cut it in the postseason. I, I kind of think the same thing about how the defense played. Um, it's, it seems nitpicky, but I still think that the performance this defense did today, while in a lot of aspects, was tremendous. If you have a better quarterback behind center for the Browns yesterday, I think the Browns win that game. I really do think that um, the only reason that what the Browns were unable to take advantage of some of those uh, issues in, in the Ravens uh, secondary was simply because Jacoby Brissett, while he was efficient yesterday, uh, just isn't going to going to make a ton of big plays for you. We can complain about you know the 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 post corner post that he hit Cooper on, and then the the deep one to to Peoples Jones, uh, both of which like I I don't even think we're that good of of plays. Again, we were talking about Geno Stones back there instead of Marcus Williams. I think if Marcus Williams is healthy, neither of those are completions with Williams closing speed we've we've seen when he was healthy this year he was always in on those plays and and wreaking havoc there so again unfortunately the last offensive drive the defense still had issues and and were was unable to uh lock down the opposing offense uh, again the, the people's jones deep shot that was on that final drive getting the, ra- the excuse me getting the browns into field goal range and luckily um the Browns committed some penalties to negate their drive, and then uh, there was the field goal attempt, which um, is interesting. I, <laughs> we'll get to that too because I, I live. It, it was it was kind of tough to see what went wrong on that one, but as as many have already pointed out, that that was indeed the correct call by the refs on on that field goal uh, to move the Browns back. But yeah, I don't know, and maybe it's just me, and maybe you guys feel differently. But to me, I, I feel that this team still that that consistency is still needed at least until the offense gets back to being able to score 30 plus points comfortably you know maybe if the offense gets back on that track then then we can live with with the defense uh having those you know those those atypical outlier drives where where they're giving up uh chunks of yards in in seven plays but yeah, for me, I, I still think that that heck, even if Deshaun Watson was in was in this game, I don't know if the Ravens win it. I, I think that that the biggest thing that helped the Ravens win this game in the fourth quarter was the fact that you had a backup essentially at quarterback for the Browns.
2: I think it's no coincidence that the like Ravens organization brought back wanted to make a big thing out of the 2012 Ravens for like this squad it, it just the, yeah there's just there's so many parallels I mean just think yeah just think back like 2012 it was like week two or three they went a nine to six game in Kansas City <laughs> I mean defense obviously did really well that game to hold them to two, two field goals um but yeah I mean then you look at some of the shootouts later in the season right I mean the game against the Broncos right offense had to put up a ton of points in that game to be able to win that one so yeah you know this team you know they're highs of highs and lows and lows on both sides of the ball really um you know they really just got to find the consistency to be able to get it done um yeah I mean I, I I totally agree with that on consistency I think that's the biggest thing um that's actually i want i kind of wanted to mention patrick queen i'm not going to say he's here but i'm going to say damn he had a good <laughs> game yesterday and it was one of those where it wasn't just like stats were good i thought he looked good yesterday um especially yeah that drive for tackles for lost i mean he looked like he was like guys like we got to go three and out this drive right now i mean that i haven't like i, I haven't seen like a series like that of just like Defensive player, like, asserting dominance of, like, this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to make sure it happens. Like, I mean, I really haven't seen that since, like, Ray. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it just – it felt like that. It just, you know, two tackles for loss back-to-back and then being able to stop them on, like, a three-and-out, just – I mean, that was dominance. We need more of that, and we need more guys outside of Queen be able to do that. Um, You know, other players, like, OA, we're still waiting for. You know, I think – He's got to hit his ce- he's got to get closer to his ceiling. I think if we get that, I think you know we get some of these guys back healthy who we're kind of waiting for. You know, there I, I think like the timeline could come together. I think what we're doing now on the defense, I think could build to something really good. But he keep got, keep gotta keep stacking games. Gotta keep having that consistency. Keep getting better every week. Um, because yeah, you know, we made it work against the Bills. We did okay. I think we'll all agree. I think maybe the offense was kind of the letdown that game. Um, but still, did very good against a very, very good quarterback in Josh Allen. But that's only one game. And, you know, all the issues with the weather and all that stuff in the playoffs, you're probably going to be playing in domes. You're going to be playing against a lot better teams late in the season. So, uh, so yeah, just, they they got to keep getting better.
0: I think the big thing is complementary football. That's the – the biggest key is you got to see the offense being opportunistic scoring points when they're giving the best opportunities and just having the defense stand up when the offense lets you down, you know, and if there's a short field, they that's when they have their good drive rather than I think what we saw is okay. The Ravens fumble the ball after a really long drive. And then what happens? The defense, just gives up a huge play, the, fl- the field's flipped, you're like, darn, you know? <laughs> At least, like, they had a decent field position to start off the drive, like, there's a way that they could stand up, like, okay, all right, we'll see you Browns and see if you can go down the field. One play, you know? <laughs> they're they're halfway down the field. And obviously, I think maybe it's maybe worth transitioning to it, the special teams bailed them out on that uh, aforementioned drive, but the big thing, I think, is just when one side of the equation isn't 100 percent, the other side needs to equal it out
2: yeah we have to talk about special teams this game um they were certainly a big difference in this and just in all phases too um obviously tucker what more can you say about him i mean like a perfect 55 yard field goal near the end of the game um which is great wasn't the game winner but uh he continues to be excellent but uh Jordan Stout as well had some really great punts this game. Um, you could see Donovan Peoples-Jones had to go back five, ten yards, <laughs> turn around, to be able to catch some of these things. Um, I think that they probably should consider themselves pretty lucky that they didn't fumble one or get a bad tackle or something to be able to make a big play on some of those. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he looked incredible. And, uh, you know, that again, another nice return by Duvernay. Um, very close to a touchdown, I think. If he could break one, that one last tackle, stay on his feet. I think he could have made that one. And uh, one guy we haven't really talked much about on this show, Malik Harrison, with the play of the game, blocking that field goal at the end.
0: I thought Malik had a pretty darn good game, too, on defense. So glad we brought him up. JPP also had a, a stellar game. A lot of uh, players, I, uh, Campbell, I thought, had a really good game. Campbell had on, a good game on for defense. Sure. Yeah. Tremendous. So lots of good plays on defense. But, yep. Malik Harrison, the very interesting thing is, I was re-watching them, and yeah, this York kid, he hits, like, low balls. Like, he like whenever it comes off his foot, it, they're relatively low, even, like, the shorter kicks. Like, for whatever reason, they seemed a little low. And then, I don't know if you guys noticed this, I heard Ryan Mick mention it, but apparently on the that 60-yard field goal, it should have been 61, but they, they put it up a yard closer, try to make it a little shorter for him, and then, you know... Short trajectory, plus closer. Block. <laughs> Beautiful thing. And uh I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe it when we saw that. Yeah,
2: that was that was a pretty incredible, pretty credit. Well, I can't say ending because we had to savor the whole thing because we weren't sure if the offense was gonna get a first down. <laughs> they did not be <laughs> we able to actually end the game. Which <laughs> right. they didn't. Um but but yeah, no, that was uh that was that was pretty incredible. Special
1: teams, yeah. It's uh it's part of the game, and and who's better at it than the Ravens? They unobjectively, you know, they they probably have the best uh, special teams unit in the game. And yeah, we just have to continue to shout out Duvernay week in and week out. I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the season I said something along the lines of if I didn't have if it wasn't when we were recording, and I know it was at least what I thought that you know Duvernay he made the Pro Bowl last year as a returner, but. You know, was he really anything that special? I I wasn't so sure. No doubt anymore. Like, there was great blocking on that play. Uh, Again, Harrison had a key block on that uh, run back as well as um, Justice Hill. And, and like, I mean, Harrison's block, if you go back and look at it, uh, is pretty fun. Um, He, so DuVernay starts out running and Harrison just kind of sees where he's, he's going and then just turn, turns around on a dime and is able to find, I'm pretty sure it's the long snapper and and put in a great block there. Um, but it's not just the blocking. Like Duvernay, he has, he has really good vision back there. Uh, you know, when he catches that punt back there, you can see him kind of take it a little slowly and, and, and examine what the coverage is and then just kind of dart off to in that direction sees that it's clogged up in the middle bounces it outside he's got blockers there like he's an elite weapon there from the return game consistent elite weapon which the ravens it's been quite a while since we've had a guy uh back there like that the year was 2012 his name jacoby Jones. <laughs> jacoby jones. Yeah, not since, not since <laughs> jacoby jones again back to the 2012 season again you know um so, yeah, and and Stout, I, I understand some fans are still upset about using a fourth-round pick on a punter, but uh, punters are people too, and especially when you had five fourth-round picks <laughs> and you didn't trade any of them to, to go up into the second round and grab an, a George Pickens or an Alec Pierce, and, he, you know, might as well use it on a punter, right? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> How um, dare you say those names out loud, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Hey man, you know, we're all it's it's middle season. It's October. We're all it, it, this is this is the month. This is the month where we're we're all kind of, you know, in all the the fantasies of everything going perfectly well are are gone and we're we're in the the muddiness and the the grittiness that is the actual season, the reality of it and you know, you know, it's it's uh there's well. some tilting but there's a lot of celebrations, too. Like we're saying, there's a lot of things that are working well. Uh, the Ravens certainly didn't make every correct move in the off season. what team ever does. But I, I think, you know, even we're talking about some things here that we want to get cleaned up, but there's a lot of positives, too. I think there's still a lot of uh, reason to believe that this team can achieve a lofty goal this season if they continue to make improvements on both sides of the ball, as we have pointed out they've been doing. So... You know, an ugly win, but the arrow's up. Let's see what they can do the rest of the year. Hopefully Ojabo comes back healthy soon and is able to make an impact,
0: as I was obviously the pick that could have been a pick and pick. And, uh, and maybe we'll, we'll forget a little bit about what happened there. But one last guy I got to talk about, Justin Tucker, 55-yard field goal. Very nice. My apologies to everybody for not recording a 55 take. I did it in person. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful thing. He bailed us out as, as Tucker does. I think he did that in 2012 too. <laughs> With that,
1: let's, uh, talk some MVPs. All right. Well, uh, I'll jump in right away. Uh, we already talked up this guy and, you know, we, we give him a lot of grief. So I think we got to definitely elevate him when he's had a good game. Patrick queen was, uh, was a playmaker this week. Like we said, uh, just terrorizing the backfield of the Browns. A lot more decisive on his his reads, and his tackling was very good this game. Uh, great game this week for Patrick Queen. That might be a thing of the past,
0: Patrick Queen not uh, getting knocked on. He's been putting together some solid games back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, so one can hope that he's turning the corner. I'm going to give my MVP to the one and only Justin Houston just remarkable his ability to create impact on so few snaps and with bowser coming back presumably on thursday and maybe ojabo coming back soon i think this is uh becoming the parts of the defense that we might need you give me a marcus williams a little bit later in the season my god this could be really good
2: nice uh i'll i'll you know what i'll throw mine i'll throw mine out to duvernay I thought he had a number of, uh, of great plays. I, I really love the the catch he had down the sideline. I saw the coverage. And I was like, that's the move. Throw it to Duvernay right there. And then Lamar <laughs> threw a beautiful ball. Uh, Duvernay was able to to get behind the guy and be able to make that play. Fantastic. He'd be able to get us down there. Um, yeah, and I mean, you mentioned it, Peter, in great detail of that special teams uh, punt return that he had. I thought it was incredible. Um, also, great decision. Well... I'll say it was a pretty good decision, probably <laughs> great decision, but maybe it was a little close for a minute of deciding to let that one punt go over his head and roll down to <laughs> the like yeah. half yard line and just went over the goal line before the Browns player could get it. So was it great? Maybe not. But it was a good decision, Chris. I
0: I, I laid it up for you. I thought for you to pick Gus Edwards. I thought that would be your MVP because <laughs> you're the Gus bus
2: man. I am the Gus bus man. You know what? And I left Gus on the bench, and so I'm going to lose to you in League Tycoon. So this week.
1: Oh, so, really? I'm going to get away. I
2: am. Yeah. Oh man, I messed up his tanking strategy. Have, tanking strategy have, part two. I also <laughs> have Burrow, man. I got 40 points from Burrow, and I'm still going to lose from to you. Because James Robinson got <laughs> nothing burger, and I think somebody else got hurt too. He so. got
0: traded to the Jets, so he
2: might be all right. Yeah, we'll see, but interesting yeah, anyway. i didn't realize i
0: was winning in that league i was going to check out all my leagues after this i uh yeah well it's funny man my team i think could be like low-key competitive if i decide to start my rookies but i am keeping them on the practice squad this is not going to be my year <laughs> why tease it why ruin my draft pick <laughs> like i will play with the players i have and i also don't have the cap space anymore i made some moves that i don't have the cap so it is what it is next year maybe which is what i said last year Ugh. Well hopefully the Ravens aren't saying next year or this year And they already figure out a way to go win the championship Unlike myself and League Tycoon We'll be back later this week to talk about The Thursday night game Against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay An away game for the Ravens It's never great on Thursday night But we'll hope for a different outcome than what we've seen in the past You can find us On YouTube and on Twitter One Winning Pod. You can email us at OneWinningPod at gmail.com Thanks for all the support See you later in the week. Go Ravens.